Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. How are you guys doing? Today's episode is sponsored by Nugenics. Now, Willie, I have a flight I got to catch in 30. I got to leave here in 30 minutes. It's okay. Got, sure. That's all you got. You got 30 minutes with me. That's how you literally flew from Australia, by the way, to hang out with me for 30 minutes. And now so my my first flight was two hours. My second flight was 17 and a half hours. And you got 30 minutes. To get 30 minutes. <laughs> that's all you got. That's all you Hell got. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's all good. So, look, one of the big things today is they're still talking about these. Well, they say tactical nukes, but let's not use that bloody term. Uh, we're, but, still, we're still on that term. Oh, fuck. It's <laughs> not a term. It's like saying there's tactical bullets. This isn't a tactical That's pretty tactical. I can watch this. Charles, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It is. It is just such a big move. Like, no nuclear weapon is tactical. But the whole thing is they're moving them into Belarus. They're not giving them to Belarus. They are potentially going to move them in there. Whatever. I, I, I don't actually think it's that huge of a deal because nuclear weapons are just a nuclear deterrent, and things that can fire over the horizon. It doesn't matter if it's a few hundred miles closer. Whatever. But the UN is basically saying there will be consequences if Russia do this. And my question sort of is, what like what other strings can the UN actually again? pull? Again, like, we're, we're, going, we're going down this path. We're going to go down this path. No, we're, we're, we're going to turn. But like, what, what else can they actually put on Russia? Like what extra sanctions can they actually pull? <sighs> Consequences. There's just consequences. How many times can we say this word? Con- there's got to be consequences, Putin. There's got to be consequences. Okay, okay. What is the consequences? What's like, that? We're not about to bomb. I know. So like, <laughs> what are they going to do? I, th- I think our sanctions are fairly like. You know, I know we still pile on some more sanctions, but at the, at this point, when you read about like who they're sanctioning, oh, we've sanctioned another you know fifteen people from Russia, and you look at who those people are, you're like, it'd be equivalent to sanctioning like you and me. You're like, oh, cool. We weren't really pulling the strings. <laughs> like, you know, of course, Putin, he's oligarch. They were sanctioned, well, some pre, but from day one. But these, these, and this is one of the things is the UN is running out of things to pull with Russia. And where we're going to talk about this and where it all links up is who does time benefit in this war? Russia. Because, well. People say it's not Russia. I think it's Russia. It, it's, it's a difficult one. I think long, like really long term is Russia. And we'll talk about that. But in the short midterm of the war, we don't know. We know the West can continue making stuff. We know we can do that. But it, it all depends on the way. If the West is back Ukraine, time backs Ukraine. But that's the thing is, will the support continue? And it's we've seen... March 27th, 2023, correct? You know what comes up next year? Election. Election. 18 months. Time is not on their side. 18 months. There is no time, time on their side. Well, the big thing is Russia is clearing so slow. So there's some estimates of like, right. So if you've taken at this rate of, you know, so say in some areas, 10 meters a day, well, the wall's got 40 years until you've reached Lvov. So, so <laughs> yeah. look, I know war doesn't work like that and yeah. you will have collapses and big areas taken. But what we're going to talk about too 
is we'll get into that and attritional warfare and what actually is attritional warfare. But as well as people go, well, can the, U- can the UN do much? We've talked about. And people saying, why isn't Russia kicked out of the UN? Do you know why Russia's not kicked out of the UN? I actually can't honestly answer that. So yes. a lot of people are like, why are they still a, like, not only a member, but they're one of the permanent members. And permanent, well, means permanent. So I'll read this. The UN Security Council has five of what they call permanent members. But this is where we could kick them out as well. But I'll get into that. The USSR, which is now Russia, uh, China, the US, UK, France. So to kick them out would require a vote of the UN General Assembly based on the recommendation of the Security Council, which has never been done. And given Russia has a veto on the Security Council, uh, the Council can't recommend Russia's removal without the Russian without the Russian government agreeing to this, which they're not going to do that. Russia's not going to agree to themselves being kicked out of the UN Council. But what they're saying is the permanent members was the USSR, not Russia. So that's where it gets a bit shady of like, is there actually something there? But I'm sure people have looked into it and gone, no. I'm here for you. You know why? Why? I got something big. If you guys feel like it's hard to get in shape and stay in shape, our sponsor, Nugenics Total Tea, is offering complimentary <laughs> bottles for you guys. Just for you, yeah. Willie. They came oh, out yeah. just for you, buddy. When you guys text 231-231 and enter keyword truth, that's all you got to do. 231-231, enter truth. That's all you got to do. So it sucks. I'm getting older. I'm getting dad bod. It absolutely blows. I mean, it sucks. My guy over here. What's that? It's hot, man. It's hard. That bot sucks. I said, get on that. (laughs) It's tough. If you guys are feeling like a little like you're not like your old self, you guys don't have the time to work out, but you guys are are needing the energy and you guys, you want, you want the body you once had. Hey, guess what? Nugenics. It's going to make you feel more revived. It's going to make you work out a little bit better. It's going to make you feel better about yourself. You know what I mean? It's not your fault as we as we age, men, as we do age. But your, your body naturally loses free testosterone, like the man hormone, you know, that big thing that makes us who we are. It happens to every single man. It's been happening to me a little bit quicker than it happens to him because I'm just getting older faster than this guy. But it can make it much more difficult to actually stay in shape and be energetic. So if you guys want more energy and you want to counter the negative physical effects of aging, Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testafen will help you guys turn back the clock. Re-energize your workouts, get your better results inside the gym you're looking for, help you look better, feel better, make, 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 get yourself back to the man you really want to be. So because Nugenics Total T boosts the essential free and total testosterone levels that the aging process robs, you'll feel stronger, leaner, more energy, and more drive, and more passion. You know what I mean? Your love life's going to be a little bit better. Your partner will notice the difference, I assure you. It's also the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC, which is kind of a big deal, which means there's a ton of men out there that are having this issue. So don't, don't, don't feel bad about it. Nugenic Soul Tea can help you guys regenerate your life and help you get back to the powerful, confident, good-looking warrior you used to be. Hey, so like I tell you guys, you guys can get a complimentary bottle right now, Nugenics Total Tea, when you guys text 231-231 and enter keyword TRUTH, all caps. 231-231, enter the code TRUTH. Text now and also get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo. It's going to shred off the fat. Everything you're going to need to get back into shape fast. Absolutely free. Text 231-231, enter code TRUTH. Text 231-231 and enter keyword TRUTH. Who was entered into the UN? Was why, the why, why would it matter them even being in the UN in the first place? Why, 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 why does Russia even care to be in that? Well, as far as um, the benefits of being within the UN as far as you can veto decisions you can move things you can see what's going on especially as a permanent member 
is a big deal. And as far as you're still UN members. So you can argue that the UN, NATO, these things, EU are useless organisations. And it's probably easy as really large countries to see this. But at the end of the day, Russia still has a lot of pull on these decisions within the UN. So they probably don't want any part of the UN does. I don't know what part of a lot of the UN does as well. But as far as you know, having actual, being one of these five permanent members, they can move things how they sort of want and they can have some play on their outcomes too. So I think they need to stay on that, at least for their own you know, security on that. But we know that the war has gone to attritional war. Would you say it's attritional warfare? I would say it's been an attritional warfare state yeah. for a couple months now, yeah. at least. Yeah. At minimum. But the thing is, is I already think about this earlier. You talk about the, I got kind of crazy you brought this up. The fact that, so Bachmann as a, as a whole, is it a win for Ukraine to be maintaining it right now due to attritional warfare being... The amount of men that they're losing daily, is it worth this, the, the ground that they're holding? Is the juice worth the squeeze? squeeze yeah. No. I, I personally, I think both sides are not lying in Bakhmut. A lot of people are going, rationally. I think they're both telling the truth except for their own casualties. I think they are both going, we're killing so many of them. This is worth it for us. And I think it's true in the degree of both sides are inflicting massive casualties on the other side. But at the same time, you're both taking huge casualties, and I don't know a lot of I know a lot of smarter people than I look at this, and you know, in the governments, and will say it's worth it. But I don't I don't see how that's worth it in, unless in the fall of Bakhmut, which some people say we'll see a wider collapse across that front line, which could happen. Zelensky said himself that it would be a clear road to Kramatorsk from there. There's a ridge line right on the west side of Bakhmut, and if it collapses there. Russia can put their guns in deflated positions and there is a main road directly from pretty much that area straight to Kramatorsk, Slovyansk. So it could be a big thing, but there are treating forces there. Absolutely both sides. But one of the things I will say on that is the Ukrainians there, the Ukrainian armed forces and territorial defence. The Russians there are Wagner Group, in, I should say mostly in Wagner Group, except in the... Like, uh, sort of rear-ish. So the front is definitely Wagner fighting and it's some of the VDV, some of the other guard units behind. So is Russia happy to attrit down Wagner? And is Wagner happy to attrit themselves down too? It's not their army attriting to a degree. They're losing a lot of equipment, a lot of shells, whatever. But it's hard of actually who is benefiting from that attritional warfare there. And Russia's got numbers. It's got a bigger population and, in my opinion, a more a, a government who is more uh, open to sending large numbers of men into areas like that. As we've seen, like Russia, look, look at Kiev, sent tens of thousands of men and thousands to their deaths in that area. It was just, and anyone who disagrees with that point, look at how Russia has fought over the past. It was just, it would take 100 years, for example, it would take longer of how they fought. Look, look at Stalingrad. There was more deaths in Stalingrad from the sides than America has lost in World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, Gulf Wars, and the Great War on Terror. They, they lost, almost by a factor of two. I think it was. I think they lost on average six thousand men a day during World War Two. So it's it, it's it's very difficult to actually get a a number on how many died. But a lot of people say about one point two million. If you have all American casualties on the wars, I said it's about seven hundred thousand. 
what's insane. Like, it's it's just wild. But what I want to say is the the actual definition of attritional warfare. So, so the attritional warfare is a military strategy consisting of belligerent attempts to win a war by wearing down the enemy to the point of collapse through continuous losses in personnel and material. And that is 100% what this is. What we're trying to do is, well, they use belligerent. Belligerent is a word a lot of, like, law user out law. You'll say, oh, the belligerent force, belligerent. And it, 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 we don't use the word much, but in terms, any force fighting is belligerent force. But this is what we're trying to do, wearing down the enemy to a point of collapse. And the word attrition comes from a, a Latin word, which literally means, like, grinding down. So that's 100% what is happening. And the question is, in an attritional war, who does time benefit? You say Russia. I'm still sort of on the fence. I think long term, like really long term, we're talking 50 years. And we'll talk about why I think like 50 years. But Ukraine does have some benefits in it has shown that it can, you know, take and clear and hold ground. It's, it's shown that. But at the end of the day, as long as, you know, Europe and America keep that supply of arms up, Ukraine can continue to do that. And we do have the escalation the West can continue is massive. You know, America has 5,000 tanks sitting in a field somewhere. You know, things, things like that. Like, it can continue that. But the question is, how long can it continue it? That, that's where it may side with the Russians. But as far as the West can continue doing that. And the Western support isn't as just crumbling as we may think. Same with same with things. War in support everywhere goes through peaks and troughs. And if you look at any analytics about the news, especially YouTube analytics, as things are happening in the war, you'll see heaps more viewers. As things, you'll see them taper off. Well, right now we're down in this little... Because nothing's happening. This little, I know, that's what I'm saying. But it's the same thing has to do with like any, any, any news outlet here in America. No one even talks about or even brings up yeah. the Ukrainian war. But when things like Buckwood, if Buckwood does fall, yeah. then you'll see or CNN if, get on it, Fox get on it, we will get on it, and you'll see a massive new yeah. spike in interest in the war. But as far as support crumbling everywhere, not... It's not that bad. There's still a lot of support, but the government may be changing. It. Kind, of, kind of shocked no one is even talking about the ghost of Kiev anymore. The ghost Nebraska, of Kiev. Nebraska yeah. himself, that guy. Oh, that guy. Yeah, they got literally, he was like, he is now <coughs> going to be known forever as to me as the ghost of Kiev. That's who it is. That's I'm surprised he didn't say he flew fighter jets. <laughs> I've got to admit, like, in, in my opinion, if you're going to steal that, you should have went, you should have went, you've got to go, you've got to go like full. You should have like, went full blow. You should have just, you know, I'd said a tanker. It should have been, I was, I was the ghost of Kiev. It shouldn't be slightly believable. Like <laughs> if I ever steal Valor, I'm going to have like three Medal of Honors, <laughs> two Victoria Crosses, like eight Purple Hearts. Can you even get like, the Medal of Honor? No. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I didn't think so. Like, he's going to go full war. Yeah. Like, but you can't be a sniper tanker. Yeah, you can't be a sniper. Actually, no, you probably can. You can't be a sniper You could probably, no, no, sorry, I mean, you could probably get a Medal of Honor. Because like, I know friend, a lot of my friends have American medals, so I think if you're oh, attached yeah, you, to American, yeah, like, yeah, why well, you couldn't? I we I have I have a I have a uh, a German a German I have a God, what the hell is it called? Yeah, it's like this thing with a swastika. I got that son of a. It's this red arm. It's this red. It's, no. it's this weird red armband with a big black. No. Look at I have a, I have a friend whose great grandfather. I've told Charles a story. He's in the army or was in the army. His great grandfather, and it. He's from Germany and he grew up in a, Tasmania is the small island off the bottom of Australia and grew up in like a little German, like almost area there. And his great grandparents immigrated out of Germany in the late forties, early fifties. Oh. 
And it turns out his great grandparents were legitimate, like SS, like uh, real bad guys. I don't know how the whole deals went down of how it got out into Tasmania, same as a heap of those bad guys left. But he has like legit German medals. And Anzac Day, which is like Memorial Day, you can wear, so we wear our, our own medals on the left and family medals on the right. And like, like direct family medals. And he's like, can I wear my great grandfather's medals from the war? I go, yeah, of course. Not knowing that, no, <laughs> he's not talking about allied medals. He's not talking to his grandfather with the Australian um, Army of Australian Imperial Force. He was talking medals from the Germans. And like, thank he got pulled up on it quickly, but was prepared to. You know what you need to take him when I, when I go on this little 24-hour <laughs> hiatus trip? You need to take him down to a, an antique shop here in Texas that I know of. And you can go, th- you know that like, I don't know if you know, you're in Australia, but here in Texas... I can go find Nazi stuff everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, you want to go buy some of the crazy groups getting around I can, America? No, I'm talking about. No, I, I, I can, I'm talking about if you want to go buy like World War II Nazi stuff. No one that I know of here in America wants to really buy it. But there's I know where there's a boost and boost and boost full of Nazi everything from well, not really like pistols, but like knives and and. Uh, Is it awards. expensive? It must no, be because they try to destroy it. No one wants they? that stuff. I don't know. No I thought the rarity of it. I mean, think if you think you walked in my house and I had like, I was displaying like some Nazi like. You're not gonna think that's cool. No one wants that stuff. But some yeah, some I people that, yeah, some people do. Want, you know, <laughs> some people want it, I guess. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like I I know where it's all because people yeah. don't really want it. But the yeah, but about the stuff no, back is is war. Uh, <clears throat> it's kind of like I have trophy. Yeah, they're war yeah. trophies. But I mean, I have got some war trophies myself. I wouldn't call them trophies, but yeah. everybody brings back some type of thing. Yeah. Well, now that we're so, done talking about yeah. testosterone, I know you've Oof. got a few going inside of you. You're like a raging bull at all times. Not really. Not really? I came my f- me out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you take a testosterone booster daily? No, man. You want to? get that in Australia. I'll take it while I'm here. I've got some. It'd be awesome. You want? I literally will make you... Fine, but the thing is, your white your lady's not here, so you can't go to Poundtown on anything. That's all right. Maybe Charles. <laughs> we can... We can fix it. <laughs> Unless you need a girlfriend. I can, we can find you a girlfriend here. If you need anyone... Well, it depends how much I want a green card. Yeah, we can get you a green card pretty quick. Right. I've got some places we can take you. We can go to South Dallas right now and drop you off on the street, and I promise you we can find you a girl. It may not be the one that you want. But it's only one year, isn't it? It's only... Is it a year? might be longer than a year. But, hey, you could be an American. I, I don't know if that's like... Oh, my... If, like, <laughs> I don't know if that's like appealing right now. Well, with my, with my medical status, I don't, I don't think you guys are giving me much health care. No, it'd be really, you'd be really expensive. Yeah. I was, but I could dual passports, go home. Yeah, dual passports. Like all that. the benefits of Australia. What you want is the, the benefits of Australia with the freedom of America. Oh, God. Although I, I highly doubt... They try that in Canada. The, the American freedoms, not as free as everyone makes out. And I know you're Texan and I know... You know, people who are watching this are texting us like, what do you mean? 2 a.m. 2 a.m. Like, clubs close? Pubs close? Bro. 2 a.m.? That's a pretty reasonable time. No, it's not. Nothing good happens after midnight. All the good shit happens after midnight. All the terrible things in my life the, is pretty much happened after midnight. That's why you go drinking. That is number one reason why I don't drink Man. like I used to. I don't believe I don't believe this whole freedom thing. It's a lie. It's a, not a lie. It's a lie. There's, there's Same rules with the tax for, thing. There's rules. Okay, taxes are bullshit. Ta- taxes are bullshit. I agree. Australia, we pay huge tax. But everyone has this idea, America pays, uh, sorry, Texas, Texas pays no tax. Yeah, they pay a good... You have a 1.6% housing tax, right? What the f*** is that? What are you talking about? Uh, property tax? Property tax. So wow. if you have a million dollar house, you pay 16 grand a year in tax. 
That's really not that bad if you think about it. They don't take they don't take a uh, uh, wage tax. Yeah, but that. Well, yeah, but you make, like, what do people you think fat, you just pay wages? no tax. No, you got to take fat taxes. But you guys pay what twelve percent federal tax. You know that that's federal. This is federal. Not, the federal sucks. Federal is like what? taking a. You ever taken a corn cob, not put any lube and just shoved it right up your ass? That's what it feels like. <laughs> right. Trust me, trust says, me. I'm yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Of All course. Australians paying like thirty percent plus tax rate. Really? Yeah. Which, yeah. which, if you own a business, isn't too bad. But because you thirty percent business, business has huge tax benefits. Yeah. California's like fifty six for like super high wage earners, isn't it? Yeah. Well, California sucks. I'm definitely that. But I mean, that California, Seattle, or Washington, New York, all those kind of places are crazy on taxes. What People time are the pubs to open to in California? You know what? It doesn't really matter. I got an, we that got some areas. We we, we That's got some. The priority. We should take him to some areas in California. You know, I bet you Uno be like, oh my god, going it for freedom. What's that place in California? Skid Row. Skid Row. We should take you to Skid Row. You oh ever, yeah. You ever been there? I don't know. You want to go there? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you, Skid Row does not close. Skid Row does not close. See, that's awesome. Sorry, we got way sidetracked. But what we're talking about a time benefiting thing is. Where it's benefiting Ukraine. So is we thought turning off the taps of Russian uh, oil, gas, or especially gas, and you know maybe America not blowing up a gas pipeline, which like that on. never happened. Come on, why would that anyway? Happen? But the gas pipeline's going down. Gas problem one. But we thought that that was going to have just huge impacts over Europe in winter. Now I'm not saying it didn't, but Europe has actually somewhat been able to bounce through it. They're paying a shit more. America's benefiting massively. Because America's selling some items now at four times the price to Europe than they were buying it from Russia. So America's like, yeah, freedom over there. But at the same time, it hasn't been as catastrophic as they think. We have a reliance on uh, Russian gas. So that's been one thing that's absolutely been in Ukraine's favor. Because we thought if Russia turns off the taps, this war's going to have to stop. People are going to be freezing to death in bloody Germany. And something else, though, is these sanctions eventually will start impacting everyday Russians. If you live in Moscow right now as an everyday Russian, realistically, your day-to-day hasn't changed that much. There are some items you might not be able to get, but there's a load you still can. People talk about like, oh no, there's no West items there. Bullshit. Look at anyone who walks around Russia and it's like, oh, look, you can buy Louis Vuitton, you can buy Gucci, you can buy this cheese, you can buy this drink. Like, but the longer this goes on, the more difficult that will be. And the sanctions will start impacting everyday Russians. What will change some wider opinions on this war. I don't know if cheese is a good example there. Why not? Cheese? I was just thinking of cheese. Okay. Was just, you, went, you went from Louis Vuitton to cheese. Well, it's a luxury item to an everyday item. I, I mean, they could make cheese there. I'm pretty positive. They have make cows. Cheese, I'm sure. Well, Russia can make. They can make a lot of their own stuff. They're very large. It's the largest. Land yeah, I, I, don't think they're, I, don't, I don't think people also realize that. They're pretty self-reliant. How far do you think Russia's furthest... Eastern border is from America's furthest west. That might have been one of the most confusing questions ever been asked. Um, so, how close do you actually think American land and Russian land is? Very close. We're talking about if Alaska. I said you could walk between America and Russia at some points of the year, I would assume you could because it's going to be frozen over. Yeah. yeah. So, if you look um, to like far like Alaska, that far uh, west, there are two small islands. One island is controlled by America, one's controlled by Russia. And it freezes between them. And theoretically, if you're bulletproof, you can walk between them. Yeah. Russia's massive. Look on a globe. It's, it like covers massive. And this is where we're going to go into the next topic 
that's actually a really good leeway into this, of how time could benefit Russia. And there's going to be a great clip in this for someone of one good thing about a dictatorship. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Because I know that you're a, you're, what do people call you, the Russian pundit? <clears throat> pundit? Oh, f- that's you. You're the, you're, the, you're the guy that loves the Kremlin. You fondle Putin's ball sack every night. Is what After talking for the first 25 minutes about how time benefits Ukraine and yeah, it, that's spending much, seven I months in Ukraine you. and all this, yes. There's going to be comments Absolutely. about you goggle so, Putin. So the one good thing about a dictatorship, now there's a million bad things, and for average people, it's all bad. But if you have one person in power for a long period of time, you can think further plans you can have long-term goals so it's china russia so there's a lot of places where the problem is the problem is with a pure democracy and i wouldn't say we've got pure democracy but we have a level of democracy is at the end of the day our leaders need to think about that next election and you've got four-year terms so your last year is really you know thinking about getting re-voted back in and you will see that the democrats republicans and you know your state parties all this they will go against ideas that are good from the other party just to go against it and they need to continue thinking about getting that vote in if you just have a supreme leader you know say north korea they can just think 50 years down the track now that is one the only good thing about dictatorships coming that's it. everything else sucks everyone's hungry and we know through and america's in with this through climate change that russian land is actually going in some areas to become a lot more profitable and this is in like 50 years. Now, what I'm not saying is, like, and this is the political part of it, people will talk about, is climate change man-made or cyclic? I don't know. I don't want to get into that. I've got my own opinion, but you, but whatever. But what you have to say is that the climate is shifting. There's absolute proof of that, where the argument is it's man-made or cyclic. But the climate is shifting warmer north. And if you look at productive cities throughout time, Places like New York and London have a lot of very similar characteristics about the weather, therefore have been, you know, very productive over time. And weather has a direct, like, link to productivity of a city. That's why Australia, we're not that productive. It's too hot. We're just hanging out at the beach like, f*** this. Like, it's 130 (laughs) and we're like, nah. (laughs) But either way, we know that, you know, a lot of the permafrost, a lot of the ice is starting, will be starting to melt in Russia. And it's being seen very quickly, especially the further north you are, because it's warming up north, places like you know, Finland, Iceland, they're the ones seeing this the most. And Russia's going to have some areas that these now being inaccessible, start being accessible again to oil, gas, minerals, things like that, that hasn't ever been available. And there are trillions of dollars of this stuff. But can the Russian Federation actually take advantage of this with corruption, with all this other bull? and it's still going to be 50 years, we're talking 50 years, is a long time. But as far as the future of landmass there, there is a huge benefit to it. And with a huge benefit to them not have Russia in control of that, you know, and that we, you know, in some ways are seeking almost collapse of the Federation with sanctions, war, whatever. But the other one that benefits Russia is really at the time, Ukraine's whole military capability is dependent on the West realistically like i know ukraine does have some really good domestically made weapons and they've got their own stuff of course but as far as their ability to continue offensives is reliant on western equipment it's reliant on getting fighter jets it's reliant on tanks reliant on ifvs things like this and if that stops 
and the public support decreases, well, absolutely time is in Russia's favour. But I can't say how long that support will continue. And as you said, the Republican Party, 24, 25, this could shift greatly. You know, there's a lot of support in the Republican Party for Russia. Uh, sorry, that's wrong. A lot of support in the Republican, Republican Party for Ukraine. But will that shift? Will this be something they run into the election with? I don't know. You seem to think, yes, it, it's... I don't it's, think the Republican Party is going to want anything to do with Ukraine. Well... Whatsoever. This is where I don't get it with American politics, is you would think the Republicans are the ones who would want to... I already know demilitarize what they, I, no, Russia as much as possible. Do. Yeah, I know everyone wants to do that, but I'm America's not, getting a great deal out of this. Yeah, I know it costs us <laughs> what point? What was it? It's like let's it's say let's like say two percent or some shit of our actual spending is what it's costing us in no man or something. It was it's not very much money, and it's equipment that's from the nineties that we don't even use really anymore. Yeah, but looking at it from the way the Republicans can spend it, which I know is what's going to happen. Yeah. You're spending taxpayer dollars. Is that easy? Because people just keep mounting the amount of money that they're <laughs> Biden. We're gonna we're gonna approve X billion amount of dollars to be sent over again and again and again. You know, people are gonna spend it like, all right, we should be using that at the border. We should stop yeah. the fentanyl crisis. We should be start. That's what we should be. That's what we. That's yeah. what we should be using the funds for. That's how it's gonna be spun. Even though yeah. we all can agree that Russia is not. Russia's the bad guy. Well, when what what the Democrats have really done poorly, and I think the information widely has been done poorly, is exactly how those figures are actually added up. They don't know There's why. Not, the Democratic Party is not, and this is in their interest, they're not getting a bag of $10 billion and delivering yeah. it on the border and going, here you go. No. The, and we talked about this a little bit in the last one. The way this money is broken down is very different. And one, all the money is going basically into your own military-industrial complex to build weapons. So America's military-industrial complex is building this asset. So a lot of the money is kept in-house. And a lot of the money value we talk about is in replacement of vehicles. America's what used hum, hasn't used Humvees for ten years, fifteen years. Like we still but, use Humvees. We still use them, but you know. as far as the, a Humvee to America to the American military is, we've got we've got the worth out of that. Like whatever a Humvee would cost America, so one hundred fifty thousand dollars when they had them. If those things are one hundred fifty grand, I will. Oh my god! A, a military equipment is all the highest. Yeah, bless the, you. You'll get something. Like how much is this? Five grand? What? How? If the if the military was run like a private company, it would have gone broke very quickly. But we know they pay top dollar for absolutely everything. So well let's go to hundred grand. If a Humvee was hundred grand, trust me, America's got its worth out of those vehicles. Like absolutely has. Where these figures are being added up is on replacement of that vehicle. We're not replacing some clapped out Humvee that fought in the Great War and Terror. We're not you're not replacing that with another Humvee. You're replacing with a bit of equipment that is far more expensive. And that's how a lot of these figures are being added up. And that's not really portrayed well. And I think absolute demise of the Democratic Party because they should be saying that. Like, no, a lot of this is benefiting us massively. We're selling gas to um, Europe at a far greater price. A lot of this money, the figure you hear, isn't really the figure because of money. A lot of it's going back in. Like tanks, like Abrams tanks. You're spooling up whole new factories, new employees, this stuff and you're going to have the ability to then remake tanks it, it, it's it's so much bigger than just money here dropped in um but another thing is will that is on you know, the russian side of time is russian troops recently have not actually been on the back foot and we have actually seen some some increase in 
some uh, like tactics used that we're not seeing this just except in Vogladar, but <laughs> that's a whole other story again. I know you're uh, knowledgeable on that, but we're not just seeing these influxes of waves of men and vehicles in and losing by the, the thousands and thousands. They're losing a lot in Bakhmut, but also taking some ground as well in a very defended area. But they're not seeing in, in the first weeks, months of this war where there was seemingly no strategy or it just fell over. The more time Russia have, the more time they will start somewhat working out, one, what their actual goal is in here and their tactics on the ground and their ability to conscript more men and train more professional soldiers. So who does it actually benefit? I don't know. I think there's arguments on that it benefits Ukraine in time and that it benefits Russia in time. I think one of our last real big ones is that the West is using up its leverage very quickly. And the West has used up so much of its leverage against Russia. You've talked gas, you've talked oil, you've talked sanctions, you've talked oligarchs. How much more leverage can we actually have before showing Russia why you guys don't have free healthcare? Before you're going, hey, look at this bomber, that thing's sick. But our leverage is ending against Russia. Absolutely. And that's hard. The leverage we have against Russia is going to be through militarily through Ukraine. And Russia does know they need to build alliances and replace this stuff with other countries, ex-Soviet countries and China. And this is, you know, new pipelines going between Russia and China. It's a difficult one with who time actually benefits. I think as long as Western support stays, of course it benefits Ukraine. But if there's a shift in that, very quickly time starts benefiting Russia. Especially if Russia can start getting some of their export materials differently. We know oil and gas isn't going anywhere. I don't care how much of a greenie someone is. Like, oil and gas is here for the long haul. Absolutely it is. Like, look how often you see a Tesla. One in a thousand cars? Overall? Like, I know they're popular. Yeah. But you also notice them too. Yeah. Like, and that's with so many things. And, you know, as, as food becomes more scarce too, and Russia has... You know, massive reserves of, well, massive areas to grow food. Yeah. The question is too, how long will sanctions last for us? So it's very difficult. I'm not on, you know, as people are, Willie's the Russian, whatever. Willie's the Russian. But I just wanted to lay out, really what I want to do is lay out some ideas for people of like, this is why time benefits Ukraine, this is why time benefits Russia, and, you know, time will tell, but and people come up with their own mind of this. And people look around and what you see as support because you and I of course our algorithms are completely you know molded to us because we research Ukraine you you and I will text each other at Ukraine and our phones absolutely take all that in and we'll get pumped a lot of stuff for Ukraine and ads and things like this so we may see that support is greater than other people so it's it'll be very interesting to see what the actual wider support is and of course that election will have massive implications, could have massive implications, or it could be great for the Ukrainian side. Well, I'll tell you right now, I have to go catch a flight. You do that. I really do. I'm going to tell you right now, I think you're 100% correct. And I think the audience is correct when they say that you are on the Russian side of things. And I'll be on the Ukrainian side of things. That's fine. <laughs> I'm okay with that. 
I'm okay with that. You are on the Russian side of things. So I will, I, you can actually wear When I'll you go back to Australia, I'll, I want you to wear this on. I'll compare with you any day how many days we spent in Ukraine. <laughs> yeah. And delivering humanitarian aid to the front. Yeah, so this he's a Russian. So if you guys don't know this, he's this a This jacket does look a little bit Russian. You are a, <laughs> because, because you are a Russian spy. Because the camouflage spy. is just green. Yeah, like, you're, you're a great Russian spy. Well, I appreciate everybody who's hanging out with me. I've got to go hop on a flight and uh, go check out Willie's channel and everything else. Uh, testosterone booster if you need to go get your... Your hump on. Well, I do love you guys. I'm out.